Success, it has been said, is not the absence of failure, but going from failure to failure without any loss of enthusiasm. My name is BJ Gramillion, and I am the host of the Rush to Fail podcast. This podcast was created to highlight and learn from others who have turned their failures into success in hopes that it will both inspire and encourage others to push through their trials and to not be afraid of short-term failure. Welcome to the Rush to Fail podcast. I'm your host, BJ Gramillion, and today I have with me Lizzie Hofer, who uh, is in the real estate industry, correct? Mm -hmm. And uh, I was telling Lizzie before the show, I first heard of her on Steve Trang's podcast, um, and he's got an awesome podcast, Real Estate Disruptors, and I learned so much in that, and I was like, you know what, if I ever start a podcast, I need to have Lizzie on the show, so you're one of the first ones actually to come on the show, so thank you for being a part of it, and uh, yeah, do you mind telling us just a little bit about your background and all that fun stuff? Uh, Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me on here. Mm -hmm. This is an honor to be one of your first guests. Um, I've been in lending here in Phoenix for about 20 years. Um, At one point in time, I was the number one female loan officer in terms of closed units for the country. I was a top 10 loan officer for a long time. And um, over the last like, I would say like year and a half, I've really had like a business evolution. You know, um, my focuses are on I, I do still do lending, but my focuses are on, you know, more family stuff now. I have a side business. I'm I'm running an app called Smart Sense. And um I'm uh-huh. trying to relaunch a coaching business called Billion Dollar Babe. So awesome. that is my background. I'm also the mom of three amazing human beings. So cool. Uh boys. So I girl. have two sons and a daughter. Awesome. Perfect. That's so cool. And I do want to get into I, I noticed your app, Smart Sense. Yes. That, that's what it is. Um, and billion dollar babe, I do want to get into those. Cause, um, I think for me, another piece that is, I feel like missing, um, and I'm sure you saw the opportunity. There was, there was definitely a need for that app. What was it that, that I guess led you to that point where you're like, you know what, this is something that's missing. It's needed. And I need to come out with this app. It's gonna make the difference. You know, um, so I've dealt with thousands of clients when they're dealing with their home loan. And the one thing that has always stood out to me as just a fundamental problem in personal finance Mm -hmm. is that people look to people like me to tell them what they can afford. Mm -hmm. And people like me can only tell you what you can qualify for based on guidelines for a loan. And I thought because I grew up poor that maybe I just didn't have like the financial knowledge because of where my family was at. Mm -hmm. But working in finance just made me realize that the majority of people actually do not know what an amount is that they could safely afford based on their budget to live off of how much they should be saving. They need those general guidelines. And so smart sense was kind of born out of that need. Um, I'm a perpetual learner. So I was actually in a mastermind and there was one of the challenges were like, if we could think of a business within 24 to 48 hours and pitch it, and we actually had live investors. And I had been working on this idea for my own clients. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna pitch this idea. And then I started making phone calls for it uh, with people within my industry. And right away, like the first two people I called offered to invest in it. And I'm like, well, this isn't even really a business. This is just this project I'm working on. And that's actually why I ended up pursuing it as an actual business. Okay, so is it an app now and it's launched or? So we, uh, so it's yes and no. So. Okay. Um, a lot of my life has been like learn it the hard way. And so at first I thought you just build an app. 
Um, and I built an app for my clients based on how I think. Mm. And an app is so much more than that. And so I've ended up doing like the Harvard <laughs> school education kind of way where you pay a lot of money up front and then make a ton of mistakes. And then um, I've I've gotten a bunch of really great mentors, like a consultant I paid for for a year to actually really help me like design it appropriately for user experience. And I've, I've been raising capital for the last year and now we're just about to head into dev. Wow. Again. <laughs> wow. See, and this is the type of people that I love having on the show because you're like, okay, all I know is that is something that's needed. Um, I see the need for it. I'm okay. living it every day. I'm going to go out there and find a solution. I have no idea how the heck I'm going to build an app. Like, mm -hmm. what does that even involve? And I'm just going to figure it out and learn the hard way. And it sounds like that's kind of what you went through. What are some, I guess, lessons that you've learned on the, because I don't know anything about building an app. Sure. I just know it's got to be expensive and time consuming. And it's just, it's, I, I don't know a whole lot about it. So what have you learned now that you've been in that space for a little bit? I don't know how long it's been, but what have you learned? Well, you know, what's interesting is you, I find as an entrepreneur, just in general, I have to relearn the same exact lessons multiple times because um, I'll think that it's different because it's a completely different industry. So what I should have done, at, and honestly, I recommend this for any kind of business, is that if you are not an expert in the field, that you seek out at least three different people that have done the thing that you've wanted to do and interview them pick their brain, get all of the things they wish they would have done differently and all the things that worked well, and then really come up with a game plan. I am fortunately, you know, for good and for bad, because honestly, it's also really helped me out. Uh, I'm just one of those people that if I make a decision, I am 100% committed, I will just move forward, I charge. And so um, because I didn't do that, I the first dev team I hired just wasn't qualified to build an app. They also didn't know a lot about the user experience, so like the design of an app and how, and, I, and I'm a loan officer, so like I'm not thinking about this. My brain is totally nerd central. Do you know what I mean? I think, mm -hmm. you know, well, oh, it's going to have this feature and this feature. And so um, I would definitely, if I could do it all over again, I would have gone with people who've built similar like products, met with them, paid for whatever I needed to to get their information. And then I would have come up with a better game plan, which is what I ultimately ended up doing. Um, and it's been like, I mean, sped up the process so far. And then also I will say that you cannot be married to your idea. Mm. Like sometimes we have ideas that we think are brilliant, but then you realize that there's no market for it. So one of the things I did well was I tested the market. I like, talked to people and when you can get money right away for something, you know, you have a golden nugget, right? So I had this golden nugget, but then you have to come up with what's your, like the minimum product, like they call it a, what is it? The minimum value proposition, mm. um, or wait, what is it? The minimum viable pro minimum viable product. There we go. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, to be able to put to market that people will buy. So, so you can test the market and really reduce your expenses being married to an idea like so hard makes that process really difficult. Yeah. And so definitely get really good mentors, find out who's done the thing that you've done, get a list of what worked and didn't work, and then figure out what the minimum amount is mm -hmm. for you to roll a product as soon as possible. Mm, got it. So on the app space, you mentioned uh, capital raising. Mm -hmm. yep. um, how much money are we talking about? Like what's, what's a normal app cost 
to, to build out just out of curiosity? Um, it depends on the scope of work, but you're talking about, you know, tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands to millions, you know, um, mm. smart sense. I mean, it's hard to disclose like all the things, sure. you know, yeah, but just in general. I mean, it's a pretty well-rounded financial app, so it's going to be on the mid tier range. Mm. Uh, but having that good MVP is so important because and also interviewing a variety of different vendors that have built similar like products, right? So if no one's built a big, large scale app before, they're probably not your people. Um, and so, I mean, depending on your scope of work, I would at least get like, I don't know, seven bids. Yeah. That's how, I mean, normally everyone's like, oh, get with three. It's like, no. I mean, I'm at 14 different bids right now. Whoa. And, but they are so different. Wow. And what ended up working for me is getting connections with people that actually built the thing I wanted and figuring out different negotiation strategies. Got right. It. So like sometimes you can cut your dev costs down if you're willing to do like a sweat equity piece, but then you have to understand because sweat equity is hard to quantify. Yeah. Like what percentage you're willing to give up so that they don't upcharge you mm. to get equity. Right. It's like, so there's a variety of different ways you can structure it. If you're going to pay for something out of pocket, Truthfully, I would start UX first, so design and utility first, and then I would go into dev second, and then figure wow. out could you build a web-based product versus something native to phones, Yeah, right? Because all of that you can test the market with and then roll it out. Man, so you guys can see why I wanted to bring her on the show. You have so much knowledge like about a lot of different things, right? And, and what's, what's so interesting to me is okay so you were the number one did you say the number one in the nation for female women? loan officer female yeah. loan officer in the nation yep clearly crushing it you have that figured out you're doing great clearly and then you decide i want to do something else like so i'm a huge believer that in order for your business to grow you have to see what's working and then expand upon what's working about 30 percent every quarter and so okay. initially the the app was born because I really want, I'm like, how do I create a better experience for my clients and have a longer incubation process for clients? Cause you know, once 2018 happened when interest rates were initially starting to rise, I saw that the sales cycle for loans was just a lot longer, mm. right? The higher the interest rates, the longer it takes someone to qualify. And so initially the app was there as an incubation tool for longer term clients. Okay. So anything I've ever done has always been an extension of the main product that I offer, which is mm -hmm. home loans. Yeah. You know, um, I don't, so it's, it's always sounds like, oh, there's so many different things I'm doing, but really it's just like, I'm adding, I'm layering on top of, Yeah. I've never been one to like completely pivot to something else. It's always been like, what's an extension to make the thing I offer even that much more you know, for my people. Yeah. And so I imagine at this point now you built out a team so that they can do a lot of the stuff that you were doing originally, you know, and then automated the process so that you could then go out and build apps and a hundred percent. I'm highly leveraged. I am very, very organized with my time. I mean, and I say no a lot. I think that's the other thing. So I'm like very laser focused on what is working so mm -hmm. that I can continue to layer and compound the things that are. How did you learn how to say no? I'm very curious about that. I'm not good at that, so I would love to. Well, uh, I wasn't good at it for a really long time. I am a uh, recovering or in recovery for codependency. Yeah. Uh, and so I used to say yes to everything, and I would 
literally wake up at 4 a.m. and work till like 2 a.m. to try to get everything done. So I was a huge people pleaser. I think um, a lot of us entrepreneurs are like working out some whatever childhood traumas we have. Uh, and then honestly, my life fell apart. And when so my so basically like um, July of 2021, I just started to fall into a really deep depression. Mm. And in April of uh, 22, I started getting divorced. And I really just took a pause on life. I took a sabbatical from work and I leaned into the things that do matter, like my actual children, my family, myself. And I got to see what my life meant without being Lizzie Hofer, the loan officer, or Lizzie Hofer, the person that does all these things. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, okay, well, so this is what matters. And now that I have that clear, it's just easy to say no. Love that. When you're one of the blessings that happens when your life falls apart is that you actually get to see like what's real and what's not real. Like totally. who's there, who's not there. Mm -hmm. You know, like you sit you end up saying no so much just out of necessity that you're just like, oh, I survived that. Oh, I survived that. Oh, I didn't miss going to that. Oh, I it's like this crazy thing that happens to you. And because you're in survival mode, the only option is to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you realize that all the energy that you were expending all these other places, when it returns back to you, you feel so much more empowered. And because you got to see this different version of the truth, it's just, it's not like, I'm not letting anyone down because I said no. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just staying focused on what I said yes to, yeah. you know? It's like, there's, somebody else that can be on your podcast. There's somebody else that can do your home loan. There's somebody else that can show up to your party. It's like my involvement wasn't that important. In my mind, it felt so important, but it's just really not. Yeah, man, there's so many lessons that you just went through that I think um, sometimes we just, there's no other way to learn them than to go through hell, right? And to go through mm -hmm. uh, some of those experiences. But but I love that you mentioned, like, look, it brought clarity um, around, you know, what's important in life, what's not. And I think it quickly, it's like the, the it, it brings out truth. Like, here's, here's what really brings me happiness. Here's what matters. And it's not what I thought it was, maybe. Um, so one thing I want to elaborate on, because it does make it sound like I went through, like, a midlife crisis. <laughs> um, I always had clarity that my family was the most important thing, totally, right? Totally. And I did have clarity on the things that uh, made me happy. What I never had clarity on is that I felt that I needed to perform to feel worthy of the things, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like, and I actually think this is true for many super successful people, is that who we think we are is attached so much to what we do. And it's kind of like being a drug addict. I mean, for lack of a better example, but it's like the first hit is always like the best one. And then after that, you're chasing that. And so they have to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger because they don't have the same kind of rewards. Mm -hmm. And I was so confused with who I was and what made me worthy of the things that I wanted most that I just, that's what the fear was in saying no. Yeah. It's like, would I still be worthy of the life, deserve it of the life I had if I didn't just like, you know, because I, I don't know what your upbringing was, but I was like, we were poor. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And there is some like legit stuff that you grow up feeling about yourself when you're poor. Mm. And so when you have success a lot of times or you do better financially than the people that you love, there's this whole feeling, well, why me and not them? Even though you would have, I busted my butt for 20 years. I worked a full-time job in college. I mean, I have been working since I was 14 years old. I mean, I earned this, Mm -hmm. but there's this part of me that's like feels bad about it. Yeah. So if I'm not killing myself to deserve this, do mm. I deserve it? Yeah. It's like that, that is the clarity that I got. So interesting. How many um, siblings do you have? I have uh, three. Okay. And then, uh, so I, I imagine you're, you're probably one of the first that was kind of able to break maybe those trends of, you know, getting out of. My siblings have all done well for themselves. Have they? Yeah. So our parents were really hardworking. Okay. Uh, so I think that that was really helpful. My dad was a serial entrepreneur. My mom literally worked two jobs, became a rocket scientist. And in general, like seriously, she designed like the quality control engineer for the Tomahawk missile. My mom was legit. Wow. Um, yeah. So we had good parents Jeez. that had, were, gave us great examples of hard work. So mm-hmm. all of us did well financially. I think that I exceeded the earnings of my siblings. And I don't know that they'd be mad at me for saying that, but there was that. And then it was just like all of the other people that I felt bad. You just, yeah. you, there's just this inherent like ickiness when you grow up poor, mm-hmm. like that less than. Yeah. So interesting. And that's just kind of, I mean, it obviously it propelled you to become the number one loan originator. Oh my God. I ne- I was so scared of being poor. That actually is the thing. It's like, you yeah. know, because I never wanted that for my kids and I didn't want that for myself. And, mm-hmm. um, I, you never realize how deep those wounds go Sure. until you were like, wait, how did I get here? Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is a trend with a lot of highly successful people. They're, they're typically from that background where they didn't, you know, have a lot growing up and they're like, I'm never going to be in that situation, you know? So I'm going to figure out early on and and yeah sometimes it might you might take it to to a level that maybe priorities get mixed up a little bit sometimes you know because it, it the, the whole work-life balance thing is such a, a joke right like i mean we all would love to have a perfect balance but we all realize that's that's it's a myth um and and so but i love that you were aware enough to be like look i just need to i need to take a break let's just hit pause for a minute and let's just like figure out where things settle. And, and then I think that the cream rose to the top, like, here are my people, here's what matters most, like, here's what I want to do. And then now you've come out of that. And it sounds like you're going to start a new business, which I would love to hear more about with the billion dollar babe, uh, which uh, tell me more about what that is and, and how that came about. Yeah. So, um, I used to coach loan officers and real estate agents under a a program called overnight success guide. Mm -hmm. And I really love that. And, but I realized that I was doing a lot more speaking to female entrepreneurs about money management strategy, P and L's, and then just the overall money mindset about what it takes. So like lots of times people will bring me in to an event or they'll bring me in to talk to their employees and they want me to give them financial strategies. And oh. so like immediately I'll start off with here's financial strategies and everyone looks scared. Yeah. They don't know what I'm saying. They just like they, they freeze. Yeah. And so I started saying, okay, guys, I'm going to give you three tips up front. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about why you look so scared. Yeah. And And in one of those talks, I had a gal ask me, like, what made me qualified? 
And I am literally <laughs> from Nogales, Arizona. I had no money training whatsoever professionally mm -hmm. outside of what I taught myself. I got in the mortgage industry at 19. Mm -hmm. um, I've read a ton of books. I have invested myself. I mean, I, I've literally been a multi-million dollar earner and saver and investor. So I've built what I have learning myself. Mm -hmm. um, and like, there's nothing that makes me qualified other than one day I decided, guess what? I'm not going to be poor. Mm -hmm. I'm going to learn this stuff. I'm going to lean in and I'm going to learn the terminology that makes me so intimidated. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what made me qualified. And she asked me this and I'm like, do people ask dudes this? Like, <laughs> you know, like Jeff Bezos <laughs> built Amazon for no good reason. I mean, there was a million bookstores. There was yeah. no good reason. And then when he got bored of that, he like decided to build a rocket to go to the moon. You know, it's like, there's no good reason for stuff. He made himself qualified and I'm one day we'll have a billion dollar company because I want one. Mm -hmm. And I said it out loud and I was like, you know what? That feels so good. And this feels like a direction that I can take that former coaching mm -hmm. and turn it into something more focused to female entrepreneurs and building businesses and what all is possible. Yeah. And I, what I love too, is I think that, um, you know, af after doing it for so long, you've been doing it for 20 years and, and then some, uh, you start to really clarify and define what your avatar is. Like what, who are the people that I work best with? Who are those people that I get energy from and that I enjoy working with? Um, and then how do I build a business that caters to that and I can make money off of it, but I also enjoy it. It gives me energy. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's so cool that I, you know, you found like, Hey, this is my space. Like this is, this is where I want to be. Um, and it sounds to me like what you're doing is you're empowering women, um, and others obviously to, um, to get rid of that mindset of like, why me? Um, and more of like, why not? Me. Yeah. It's the, why not? Where do I find this information? Like, you know, how do I ask this question? Cause mainly the issue is I feel too nervous to sound dumb. Mm. Like when people start talking about money, the concepts aren't difficult. They're actually fairly simple to understand. But if you are too intimidated to ask the question, too intimidated to look up, like, can I tell you how many real estate agents talk about inflation, have zero idea what inflation is? Yeah. And it's like, well, if you just stop for a second and was like, okay, what is inflation? Why does it impact real estate? Why is it impacting real estate interest rates? Like, what does this mean for the consumer? If you just spent that time to actually understand it, it's not that difficult of a concept and you will provide even more value for people. Yeah. It's this, I don't want to look dumb. I don't want to know something or don't want to not know something that other people know. It's like the majority of people don't know this stuff. They just don't know it. Yeah. And also how do you learn something? You ask the question, you read, you listen to a blog, you, you do the thing. Yeah. And so that's more what mine is. It's like, okay, let's get to the root of it. Like most of us have these big money feelings that came from childhood. Either you felt scarcity or you felt confusion or money was taboo or there's just so many things. Well, that's the backbone for basically your whole entire life. Cause money impacts your relationships, your career choice, uh, your generosity. I mean, money impacts like everything, yeah. your health. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so if that's the foundation to every aspect of your life, wouldn't you want to get to know that relationship the best? Yeah, man, that's awesome. On your coaching, what has it already launched by the way? Like, or, so it hasn't. So at okay. the moment right now, I'm just creating the curriculums. I think what I'm going to do is, um, I'm launching first with just a money manifestation t-shirt line mm. and I'm going to have a, uh, 
workshop for female entrepreneurs. Yeah. So that'll be the first two things um, that I roll out. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm because I'm somebody that layers. Like for me, everything has to be intentional. I have to build in time. I just, you know, I've got a busy day job with loans. Mm-hmm. I've got Smart Sense, which is my, you know, big baby. Mm-hmm. So this will be something that'll be like towards the end of the year. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm really excited for the Smart Sense app, by the way. It's funny because I looked it up before the show and I was like, man, I wish it was out already. Cause like I, I love what you're doing with that. Cause it, you're right. I think. Uh, the majority of Americans, I can't speak for other countries. I just, I know America. Um, I know that, yeah, most people that we talk to, they don't have m- much of a sense at all for finance, right? And and just the, the most basic terms, which I'm sure you realize and, and are seizing upon. And, and especially in your position with a loan officer, I can't imagine the amount of people that come to you and you're just like, what on earth are you doing? Why are you spending so much money? Or why are you not saving? Or why are you? I try not to judge anyone. Yeah. I think that that is actually most clients' perception, right? They come to me and they're like so nervous. They're like, oh my sure. God. It's like getting a physical, but for your finances. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, do I have cancer? And they're like, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I try not to judge. I just realize that most people come to me and they're like, you tell me what to do. And the thing is, I don't know enough about your life to tell you what to do. Yeah. And even if I told you what to do, would you do it based on your belief system? Mm-hmm. It's like, so what I try to do is make it, I just lower the bar. Yeah. Most people come in and they don't have enough money for a down payment or they don't have, or they're not qualifying for the amount that they want to. And it's like, okay, well, how do you get to do this safely, mm-hmm. right? So the roadmap is like, can you live off of 70% of your net take-home income, right? If you can't do that, can you at least save 10% of your net take-home income for reserves, hmm. right? Like if you are not currently living within a budget that you can save money freely, that's your number one step. It's like, you gotta reduce your bills, period. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means moving in with family, sometimes that means uh, taking a second job, but it takes sacrifice, right? Like if you are not able to, and look, I know lots of people are gonna disagree with me on here, but it is essential and it's more than just survival. Like lots of people feel helpless with this situation, Mm -hmm. right? They're just like, well, I can't, or it's easy for you to say, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was working since I was 14 years old. I figured out how to make money. I saw my mom work two jobs. Mm-hmm. Like I was 19 years old trying to get the highest paying job so that I could go to college and figure out how to send money back to my family. Mm-hmm. Like money is out there. Money, it, it's not a lack of resources. It's a lack of focus on how to get there. Yeah. It's like, I don't feel helpless. I just figure it out. I'm like, okay, this doesn't work. Where else can I go? Where are my best opportunities? And I don't give up at the first time I fail. Yeah. In your situation, like you, you come across so many people, you get to look at, you know, under the hood of, you know, and, and I'm sure, like you said, a lot of people are probably nervous because they're like, oh yeah, you're going to see my tax returns. You're going to see All everything. It, yeah. Right. And so I'm interested to hear, cause I, I think what you're doing with your app is probably you're trying to figure a way to automate the, all of the questions that you get on a daily basis you're probably putting that into an app, I imagine. I'm trying to Is show that... people where within their budgets they can save money mm. and then apply it to a financial goal. Got it. It's very simple. And then, you know, I'd love that financial goal to be buying a house because the majority of Americans, their number one source of wealth is their primary residence and the equity that they build over time. Mm-hmm. 
And so for me, because I know that I, and honestly buying, owning real estate took us out of poverty. Yeah. Like my parents investing in that house was the reason that my mom could move to Tucson, buy another house, finish her degree, like get all this stuff. Like that changed the course of our whole life. Cool. So I really believe in it, but the, the app itself is, is simple. Like whenever you have, you know, like mint, part of the reason I feel like mint's never really totally, it's taken off, but it's not like the primary app that people use too complicated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're trying to simplify that process just to help people obviously realize like, Hey, I can put away money to save for an investment, similar to real estate, obviously, which both of us are very biased with the real estate side. We've seen what it's, it's done to our lives and others. And so that's awesome. I love that you're doing that. Any idea when it will launch? Yeah, so um, we should be through dev and in our beta by like August, September, and then we were going to do a soft launch with loan officers in January. Cool. Love that. Cool. Okay. So three questions that I like to ask everyone. We haven't prepped you at all on this okay. part, but uh, so this will be kind of our, our lightning round. So let me get these questions here. Um, okay. So... Um, We'll start off with an easy one. What is your favorite podcast or book that you've read lately? Mm. Just in the past, even whatever, a couple of years. Okay. So I don't have a favorite podcast. Well, actually, my best friend, Aisha Marshall, just rolled out the Butterfly Season podcast. I'm obviously biased. I think yeah. she's amazing. What's so it I'm about? Gonna, uh, it's about personal growth and development, you know, just uh, what it takes to really heal as a human being. So she calls it your cocoon phase. And then mm -hmm. you go into your butterfly season once you, and we have several of those throughout life. Cool. Um, so I really love it. Uh, you guys should check that out. Love it. Um, in addition to that, I would say any podcast or interview that you can hear with Dr. Gabor Mate, oh. I think is like worth whatever time it's on. Like if it's two hours, it's worth it. Um, I have, his, his just take on trauma, health, mindset is literally the most compassionate and most tactical I've ever heard. Ever. Yeah. I could not sing its praises more. Awesome. All right. So your biggest growth year, um, what would you say that was? Um, well, for business, it was like 2013 when I got fired from my job. So that for me in terms of business was the thing that fueled me to like the success I had in loans. That what was, job were you doing? Oh my God, I was doing home loans and I had a really dysfunctional business partnership. We were just not, we were toxic human beings that just were work <laughs> terrorists. And we, like I got fired because we got in this huge fight. Um, <laughs> and awesome. it was such a humbling experience. And at the time I was very introverted. I just, I'd never been in sales. I'd never done public speaking. So mm -hmm. it forced me to do every single one of them. And it gave me the chip on my shoulder of being like, you know what, I'm going to make you guys regret every single day that you fired me. And yeah. I, I mean, I think I did that, you know, in terms of production. I think so. Yep. And I became a way, way better boss leader and human being after that too, just cause that was the first time I ever had to be like, all right, you're toxic. Yeah. Um, and then I would say that, you know, so I'm a huge believer in God. So if you're a believer in God, you'll understand this concept of count it all joy. Yeah. 
And I would never wish divorce on anyone. Okay. So let me just phrase that first. I'm a huge mm -hmm. believer in family and marriage, but my divorce process was literally the first. So first time ever in my life, I ever truly loved myself through something mm. like instead of criticizing myself, instead of like beating myself up or shaming myself into change or whatever else I used to use to motivate me, I really have had to sit there, love myself, work on healing, figure out how I got here and really be inspired for my future. Like this is the first time I've ever taken a real beat on things on just everything. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to rush into anything else. Mm. I'm not going to just do this next thing. Like I want to be a whole healthy human being on my own for the first time ever. And that feels so liberating and so good. Mm -hmm. And I, I have never felt more inspired in my entire life for my life. <laughs> it's this crazy thing. And so I can't wait for where I'm at a year from now. Like seriously. And it's such a unique experience because most pain I've ever experienced ever by far, hands down, yeah. like to my knees pain. Mm -hmm. And like the way I feel today is like, I'm going to live an awesome life. And I don't know that I would have before. And I, and that's not a knock on anything. It's just, you have to like be at a level of consciousness and a level of like truly being on your own side, like really loving yourself to actually experience love, to actually experience joy and happiness, to actually be inspired enough where you could create a billion dollar company. It does not come from the trauma. Like that stuff will get you far, but it's always at a huge cost. Like those people that are motivated by mm -hmm. proving people wrong and you know, deservedness and all that stuff. Sure, you will accomplish a lot. Don't get me wrong, you will have the hustle F, but you mm -hmm. won't enjoy it. Yeah, there will never be enough. Mm -hmm. You won't ever get to celebrate because it's just it's never enough. Yeah, and so like, I'm, I'm at this place now where like, the world is my oyster for real. Yeah, isn't it amazing? Like I think that in those years, the reason why I asked what year because I feel like all of us have those, and maybe it's the butterfly effect that she's talking about. I'm still in my cocoon, cocoon phase, cocoon, by the way. Right? Yeah, you but. totally. I can tell. Like, and you're emerging. Like, we can all see it. Um, it's very clear that that is taking place. But I love, and I don't love this actually, but it's it's interesting how God works in in our lives because you know we we tend to think when things are happening to us negatively, like why me. Like, why are you doing this? This is so horrible. I, you know, I don't deserve it. And, and you go through all these things, but it's not until you get on the other side of that, that you can look back and be like, holy smokes, that was like, that happened for me. That didn't happen to me. It happened for me. And now I am so much better because of what happened. And I would have never thought that it would come from this or that for you, you know, you know, having your experiences. Um, and so I love that. And the fact that you are so like, you can feel it like you're on fire. Like you're like, this is, this is awesome. Like I'm pumped for the future. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, you wouldn't have experienced that had you not gone, gone through those trials. Totally. So I love that, man. So much to learn from that. Okay. Last question. What would be the best piece of advice that you would give yourself? Let's say 10 years ago. Um, now that you've gone through all that you've gone through, what would be the advice you would give? I wouldn't have taken the advice because when you're young, you just, <laughs> you, you feel know like you know everything. Mm -hmm. um, 
But I really, if I could go back in time, and I'm so grateful, by the way, that I don't get this choice because I, I actually wouldn't have gotten married. And that's the honest truth. Um, we were never suited for each other. Hmm. And I didn't know myself well enough. And I had this idea of what I wanted in my life. I had this idea that if I had this type of husband, this type of life, that I would be happy because it was all the things I didn't have, but I didn't know who I was. And I, I believe it or not, at one point in time, I, I wanted to be a stay at home mom. I thought that was my, and that didn't end up being my reality. Mm -hmm. But then I got to see this other Lizzie in business and then that Lizzie grew and then I got to experience all these different, I just never knew myself. Mm -hmm. If I had taken the time to truly know myself and who I wanted to be as a woman and what I, that would look like as a wife and what that would look like as a mother, I just, I think I would have made completely different decisions and who knows if I would even have been an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm but I had no idea who I was. And if you have no true identity, if you are basing your worth, your value, your life based on what you think will make you happy, it's gonna end out bad. Yeah. Like you gotta know what makes you happy, what inspires you, what motivates you, and then pursue that. Yeah. Right, if it's a yep. question mark, mm -hmm. if it's a unknown, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, and, and I really do feel bad and I sympathize with people that will just go through work because they feel like you just got to suffer through it and you just got to show up nine to five and you know Monday through Friday and every you know Monday they wake up and they're miserable um, and it's like you know what you actually don't need to do that like you need to go figure out what makes you happy and excited and motivated and guess what you'll probably make way more money at it too because it gives you energy and excitement and you're obviously like the perfect example of that where you realize, okay, this is what I need. This is what works for me. And now I'm going to like triple down on it and go all in and love it. Like, you know, and obviously make a great living off of it as well. And I have no doubt you will be a billionaire one day. So I'm excited for that time when that does occur. Um, but man, so many cool lessons learned. Um, I learned obviously a ton. I'm sure anyone listening to this is obviously like loving it, but, um, where can people find you? Where, where's a good place for people to go? Uh, yeah. So I have a newsletter at lizziehofer.com that you can subscribe to if you want like current market information on real estate and mortgages. Did not know um, that. I need I to get have, on that. Yeah, I'd love okay. you, um, to be on that. And then I have a YouTube channel, same thing, Lizzie Hofer. And then my Instagram has lots of money tips, uh, entrepreneurial tips at, again, Lizzie Hofer. I'm, I'm pretty basic, guys. One Google search, you will find everything. You will. Um, and then also, are you licensed in multiple states or just Arizona? So I've, I am licensed in Arizona. I have uh, people in my branch that are licensed throughout the country okay. that follow the process that I teach. Yeah. So, I mean, we can definitely take care of anyone. Okay, awesome. So if anyone needs a loan, this is your girl to go to. Uh, she's going to take care of you. She's awesome. So um, awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to this podcast. It's the best part of my week. I love learning from others' failures. And let's be honest, failures are way more enjoyable when you're not the one experiencing them in the moment. If you or someone you know has a story or experience to share, we would love to have you on the show. You can leave us a message on our website, rushtofail.com. And please do not forget to like and share this podcast with anyone you feel would get value from the experiences shared on this show. Until the next show, remember to fail fast and fail often.
Thanks for listening to the Rush to Fail podcast. 